0: I'm that person where it's like, you can't force me to come out uh, and do something unless I do several other things while I'm at it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Incessible Investigators. I'm your detective XP player, and welcome to Season 2 of the podcast. Now, you may have been thinking, why Venti isn't here? It's mainly because, well, he has a much larger friend circle than me. Hooray! And that usually means that he's being asked out more often, usually for parties and stuff. Last time I seen him in person, uh, he was <laughs> he was basically very fatigued from party hopping the other night. So, yeah. Um, wish you good health. Don't overwork yourself, Fenty. But yeah. With that said, we're gonna go back to our regular podcasts and. We're gonna slightly change things up as i have been trying to juggle around different projects here and there and i think with the way this is gonna go we're gonna upload podcasts every two weeks instead so every two weeks there'll be a new podcast and hopefully we'll have a little bit more general topics we can properly talk about one thing that surprises me is that the last podcast, the season finale, Finding a Home is Hard, Finding a New Home is Hard, still managed to get listens, which I'm actually surprised because, well, I mean, generally, our podcasts mainly don't get much views in general or much listens in general because it always had been hanging around in the single digits. It's only this recent finale podcast, podcast that got to double digits. Kind of surprising, really, but oh well. I could probably expand on that in a future topic, but for today, we're just gonna do some little bit of catch up. Because, well, it is December, we are almost reaching our end of 2021. We're gonna talk about Christmas. Yeah, it has been affected by all the splashing issues because apparently we've been over reliant on this one country that has become the factory of the world, let's just say. I don't know, I think it's because of this over reliance on one country that kinda just cripples everyone, because if you ask me if you rely everything on one single country to do most of your production, you'll see the knock-on effects if that one particular country just ends up like, you know, in a disaster, like, I don't know, a virus spreading and they cover it up, or something like that, I don't know, something like that, but yeah, what am I to say, Christmas, I'm not gonna celebrate too much of it, I guess. I probably just go to the standard stuff, I guess. I won't be high-tier celebrating it. I guess I could just bring a Christmas hat and wear it during a livestream, but I don't know. I probably just want to spend the holidays on my own and just have several videos ready or the podcast ready. In fact, I think the next podcast, based on the schedule that I said every other week, it would actually be a Boxing Day, so there's that to consider. But yeah, today, uh, the podcast is just gonna be mainly me just trying to dump stuff out of my head into the podcast because I realized that shoving so many things into my head, like I have so many ideas on so many different areas I'm trying to think what goes best or whatever or what kind of project I'm trying to catch up on that I feel like it just clutters my mind so much, let's just say I do take notes here and there, I do write down different notepads, well, my notepad on my phone, but it's like I want to just speak out my thoughts I guess because I have so many of it and some of it I actually can't make it true or make it happen in the short term, so I might as well just talk about some of those stuff. So yeah, actually you've seen my face if you've seen the stream on Saturday, so when this podcast is uploaded, it should be the day before. On my main channel, xpplayer1237, I would have have my face reveal. Yeah, that's right. You know, I was actually supposed to do that at 1,000 subs. I mean, I have said that I probably would do that only at like 100k, but I realized I am actually restricting my sort of expressions, I guess. It's kind of one of those ways to improve my expression I suppose because as much as I'm talking behind the mic I would like to sometimes use some forward postures I would like to use some skits in between and that isn't really possible unless I do show my face so yeah that's kind of one of the reasons why I decided to do a face reveal stream somewhat and also you would have seen the updates that I plan to do in the coming months I suppose with the projects I've been working on. So obviously there are several projects, first off on my main channel there will be Umamuzume and well that's going to be coming up sometime in a few weeks or so because I also wanted to subtitle everything in there because obviously right now Unamusme Global isn't out yet there isn't anything about Unamusume Global version yet so obviously with that in mind I'm going to have to translate everything uh mainly the subtitles really because otherwise you'd just be reading a bunch of Japanese and I doubt everyone would be bothered to actually read all that if they especially if they don't understand Japanese so yeah it's gonna cost me a lot more effort there and another thing was the guides. The SP the Star guides. Those those are actually quite cumbersome actually, especially the recent SPL that I've ended up being driving on for quite a while. Yeah, it was quite a daunting task to edit, mainly because it's it feels overwhelming. I'm overwhelmed by the script that I've made. Because sometimes it's like you want to try and not miss anything while at the same time producing a video that is easy to comprehend, it's kind of like those balancing. I'm sort of a perfectionist when it comes to these kind of guide videos because when I do guides, I want to make sure that they're the best type of guides that I can properly make. If not, then it's like I'm gonna make excuses to keep on dragging it. And I realize it's actually a bad thing to do that because obviously, well, if you keep dragging it on, it just never come out. Like some of my video ideas, I don't even actually bring it up on the table and actually upload it. But yeah, I think I will have to start changing that idea. But with that in mind, the SPL guide is probably going to be like every month or every month actually I'm going to probably do one guide for Sif All-Stars because of the slow updates that Sif All-Stars is doing, actually, I don't really mind the slow upload schedule for the scripts or the guides mainly because of just how slow the game updates in terms of like new mechanics and stuff so well that's pretty much what it is really i don't plan on rushing it i guess i mean yeah i suppose i could spend like a two days or something like that in fact the script actually i managed to squeeze that in within six hours of work combined uh, main problem is obviously just actually perfecting it and actually reading it out. Because for like a 10-minute script, it will end up like 20 minutes in terms of my post or my raw recording. And that's not good. I don't like that. I don't like going sifting through like 20 minutes of footage to realize I only needed 10. I mean, I would actually try to write notes as I'm recording, that would be nice. But then there'll be the pen marks or the keyboard typing sounds and that's not good. That's not good so yeah pretty much a pain but i don't know probably i'm more suited to do like a written guide instead you know write it on in excel or write it on a word or documents piece and just let it rip obviously. i think i'd prefer that kind of guide instead but even then i probably won't charge money i'd only do that as like donating. you know so it's like, oh, you appreciate my work, then if you appreciate my work and you have this spare change, then do you donate to me kind of thing. I'd rather prefer that approach rather than put something behind a paywall. Because that's the way how I learn things anyway, you know. In fact, I actually learned quite a lot of things from YouTube, actually, that I think of it. Yeah, uh, basics of video editing or what kind of phones to get, you know. Uh, basic photography, videography, those kind of stuff. I learned quite a lot of these directly from YouTube, actually. If anything, actually, YouTube, as painful as it is, or as... you know, as bad of a platform it is, it actually does give you some education value. Especially to me, at least. To me, at least, that's how I think. It. It's kind of like a love-hate relationship. You hate YouTube for the dumb choices they do, like removing the dislike button from public viewing and, you know, a very outdated and very weak copyright protection or copyright laws for YouTube. Yeah, those are the terrible things that YouTube does, but at the same time, it also sprouted these creators that honestly help a lot in helping others into getting new knowledge, honestly. So it's honestly like a free version of Skillshare, or free version of Brilliant, if you know where to look. So honestly, it's it's like that. That's how I think about YouTube. And that's how I feel like I want to do to progress onto, as I continue progressing, I guess. is that, if I were to make guides, or make videos on tutorials, or something like that, I would make them free. That's how I would see things at least. I would make them free, unless it's work that I've been commissioned to do. You know, those i will be paying, those i will be requesting and payment. But uh, yeah, honestly, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much how I see monetization and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know why I'm talk- talking about monetization. I'm trying to talk about something else here. I don't know, Christmas. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Actually, I actually had the plan. I don't know. I don't know. This was like a very long time ago that I had a plan where it's like, oh, if I'm reached the age of 20 or 21 or something like that, I'm gonna go to Japan and enjoy it for like several several months and to actually travel it. Right now, I'm actually not sure about that because obviously Japan closes doors again. Hooray, new variant, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been fantasizing about traveling to Japan for so long that I even have proper video ideas that I have planned to do should I go over there to Japan. Um, let's see here. I'm glad I'm gonna read them out because I can't do them any anyway in the next year or two. So, uh, so I'll sort them out and see how I'm gonna do these video ideas in the future. So I have a video on Odaiba. So basically the history of it from its past as a battery. So it's like a battery kind of thing where it's like you have cannons stationed, you know, it's kind of like a defense port sort of thing. And it became this commercial area where you have a bunch of malls, you know, Venus Fort, Aqua City, uh, Joypolis, all these malls, essentially, all these shopping centers. I don't know. Either those and the areas that it has been featured for let's say, major events like conventions from Tokyo Big Sight or, you know, sports events like for the Tokyo Olympics. You know, I I want to know how it transitions into that and how Odaiba kind of like contributes to Japan in general. Because, well, it's basically a major island, you know, it's a large sort of project that is like man-made island kind of thing and well, Honestly, I'm kind of intrigued by it. Honestly. Thank you, love life, Nijigasaki. <laughs> yeah, you actually inspired me to properly want to really have a deep dive as to what Odaiba is. And honestly, yeah, that's one of those ideas. Obviously you have the those ones, and then I also have other things like idol culture, because you know, Japan has a weird habit where it's like uh, you get a perfect impression of an idol and it's like some otakus out there would be like oh this if you're an idol you shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff it'll kind of like make them not pure or something like that you know that kind of mentality that some otakus have and I would like to figure out why. Why why has it grown into that kind of culture kind of thing, you know, so there's that to consider also their Loyalty to merch too because just imagine all the figures all the uh, Physical releases all the merch that the Japanese get. Yeah, I, I would like to really get a deep dive into it because personally I Probably would be on the edge of that if I had money if I didn't, I don't have the money. If I do, however, I probably would fall into that slippery slope, and that's not good. So, it's good for me to probably try to investigate how that is before actually, you know, diving into it. Because as much as I love the series on Love Life, especially Nijigaku and Aqua, I would like to try and be careful as to how far I want to actually slip down the slope here, you know. So, there's that. And then there are also some aspects I want to focus on, like, say, green tea production, because if you didn't know my Discord server, haulers, yes, that's right, I based it off green tea, uh, especially the matcha variant, and uh, yeah, and considering that Shizuoka is the main prefecture, prefecture for green tea production, I want to go there as well, because I might as well go there while I'm visiting Numazu and Uchiura. Because aqua. <laughs> yeah. Basically I'm finding good excuses to combine love life and real life research sort of thing. So yeah. That's me. I'm trying to make the most out of them. And there's more too. So there's also Japan aviation. And why Japan uses wide bodies for their domestic transport. So say for example from tokyo to fukuoka or tokyo to um i don't know some other place like nagoya kyoto something like that i wonder why or how much demand does it take to really justify using a triple seven or even back in the day a747 to do these kind of like domestic flights because usually when it comes to these kind of like wide bodies or even jumbo jets you would use them for like long haul or long distance because obviously you want to make sure that you have some efficiency into that but you know that's also something i look forward to i guess and then let's see here we still have some more too um got two more ideas uh i actually have four but mainly these two so these two will be focused on Hokkaido First one is Hokkaido in general because Hokkaido is like one of those places where it's like I guess it would make sense to go in winter because that's its specialty. They had the snow festival over there in Sapporo I think and I don't know I'd like to give it a visit I guess. It'd be neat having ice sculptures there. That'd be nice. And then we have a death-ridden city called uh, death-ridden town that is called Yubari. So Yubari is a a previous mining town and well it had that mining boom back then when Japan was highly reliant on coal so obviously that place became very very popular with people it's like the kind of like the blooming age I guess it's some sort of like an industrial revolution kind of thing where it's like you have a sudden boom in population boom in economy there's this economic boom post-war recovery that kind of stuff And then obviously as the government started to sort of like turn to oil, for oil in terms of their main power source and such, and their sort of like transferation to a new type of industry or something like that, they decided to kind of like uh, reduce their reliance on coal and all that, and u basically got caught into that somehow and then they become very bankrupt, yeah. And now they're still on de- in debt actually, they're still in debt, they even have a proper website for that. But uh, yeah, I'd like to give that place a visit, obviously. Um, I heard that the ski resort that they have over there is open for daytime visitors only, but well, it's kinda open I guess, but yeah, hopefully people will go back to UiBuddy and hopefully they'll get back out on their thing. So yeah that's another place i want to visit too so that really goes to show that i have a lot of ideas when it comes to japan i'm that person where it's like you can't force me to come out uh and do something unless i do several other things while i'm at it you know just like just like on last thursday i actually had to do something like on on like Mong Kok or something like that said so, that I'm like okay I'm gonna go there and then after that I'm gonna go and do like sort of city walk kind of thing which is why where we had the footage for at 21 productions <laughs> that was literally after I was dealt with the things on mongkok and then I tried walking for a little bit but then I got tired so I took the bus and went to Simchang promenade from the clock tower and then I started walking and walking and walking. I ended up in Hong, Hong Pier. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like okay let's gonna I'm gonna go ahead and meet my mom because well she's gonna be done at work or some sometime. So it's like oh yeah I'm gonna head over there to Central or something like that. So yeah there's that. So yeah I'm the person that's like you can't make me go out to do something without doing several other things. One thing I did forget back then was to get a bulb, a light bulb, because the way that I set things up is that well, my plan for the day was uh, go deal with whatever I had to do in Kok, and then after that I'm gonna go make, uh, I'm gonna go buy a light bulb and pay some bills, and after that I'll go home. That's what my original thought was, and then I realized, hey, you know what? Fine, I'm gonna go ahead and make my bulb as well. I do, I am starting to get quite worried about her leg, let's just say. I don't know, it's like, apparently now she's, her legs aren't really healthy, let's just say. And, uh, well, I do get quite concerned with her, honestly, so, yeah, there's some, I guess that's part of the reason of it, another reason was just, I needed an excuse to record more footage, so, yeah, there's that, so yeah, um, there's this there's this ferry from Hong Kong to Central. My original plan was to do Hong Kong to Wan Chai, then walk to Central. But turns out, it was a quite a while ago, but apparently they didn't have that route anymore. They don't serve Hong Kong to Wan Chai, which is kind of sad, I suppose. But I guess that's what it is, I guess. Oh, well, it is what it is. But yeah, what's surprising is that? Despite me not walking for so long, I did manage to properly walk from the Clock Tower to Hum Pier, through Wonpou, so it's like, I somehow managed to do that, I did manage, I did have to take like several breaks, uh, but it's mainly to find my directions, because well, as much as I've been to Hong Hum or Wonpou especially several times, I didn't actually, you know, properly walk through it I just like passed by through it or came in through bus or minibus or something like that so yeah it's like I don't know I feel like that's like one of the things that I feel like I want to do anyway and that is city trekking so that's kind of like one of the central free theme that I plan to do with F021 productions for the time being and that is to do some city trekking so for example, I would like spend a day in Hong Kong. Actually, actually, I was planning to do that? Actually, now that I think of it, and probably spend a day in Cyberport or spend a day in Science Park, something like that. I want to do something like that, where it's like I base my walking around a certain area and then just walk around it. I guess um, I probably do some narrations instead. I don't know. I'm still not sure about how my format is going to be because. I realize how embarrassing it is to do like a face talking, like talking directly to the camera because I also wanted to do some bit of talking while walking but at the same time it's like, I don't know, there's too many people here, it's weird for me to talk while I'm walking, you know, so I don't know, Just that, but yeah, that's the main concept that I want to do with M021 Productions and well, hopefully that is what it is and we'll see how far that will take. Yeah, I also had to apply for a course on commercial photography because, well, I'd like to get some first-hand teaching skills, I guess. So, or being taught directly, I guess. Because sometimes, even though I self-learn some of these things, self-learn from YouTube, uh, I guess it's also nice to have like a second method to see like whether the things you learned on your own actually have enough accuracy Or is it all wrong, or you got the basics all different kind of thing, you know. So I'd like to have a second perspective on that, so yeah, there's that. So yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on with me, really. Wow. I managed to talk for around 25 minutes about that. I have no idea how I did that, but such is the way of free talking, honestly. And, well, yeah. Eventually, I would like to hire some guests here. Not hire, invite. I make it sound like I'm paying someone to come here. That's a weird incentive, but honestly, I don't have that much of a capital to invite someone or invite myself to someone uh, popular to interview, because honestly, I would freak out a lot. Uh, not as in freak out as say, oh, it's this famous star here, ooh, no, not that. Freak out as in, I'm too nervous to talk to this person, you know. Even if they're not a the famous figure, I'd probably be breaking down because of how terrible I am with facing people, unless I know them for quite a while. So yeah, I mean, we call that anxiety? I call that, well, not being used to talk to people. Yeah, that's why I talk to the camera. That's why I often to talk to in front of a camera or in front of a mic rather than talking directly to another person, even though I find that to be quite a nice thing once i get to know the person you know i think that's the thing it's like if you manage to warm up if i manage to warm up with uh whoever i'm talking to i think i'd have a fun time talking to them really for a long time i suppose and yeah that's i guess the direction there but uh yeah with those in mind i do have some other things to talk about actually um something like the podcast like you know in such a in Station 1 Investigators, right? So there are some things that I would like to kind of like branch out into and eventually I would like to have a studio where I would have like a functioning Cha sort of design because that's the one aesthetic that I would miss from leave, leaving Hong Kong if I do manage to leave Hong Kong uh, properly and I find like a place to st- set up a studio that's probably one of the first things that I would miss at Chats Hunter, and with that in mind, I'd probably want that to be like one of the settings for the podcast, or just a normal uh, set in general, because I like the atmosphere of it. And, well, if I can have that, that'd be great! I could probably use that on other places too. So it's like, oh, I just if they want to see me do like a casual talk, okay, good. I'm gonna sit down on my tatantang set and I'll be, I'll be talking or ranting something like that, you know. That'd be nice, and you know, have like an open kitchen. So it's like, oh, oh, I'm inviting a guest over to the studio, and it's like I'm gonna go ahead and make some very quick classics of the tatantang dish and just make it, and then we can eat it. You know basically have a meal while talking to make it sound natural like have some little bit of free asmr in there but still it's like you know i feel like that's sort of the style that i'd like i'd enjoy talking over food i guess that's kind of like one of the chinese styles though you know it's like their style of like the you know especially in hong kong it's like oh you have time let's have, let's have some tea have some tea and catch up on things that kind of style I also don't find it too bad, really. Because, honestly, when you have food, when you have food, it's kind of easier to connect, I guess. Because, at least, if you don't find yourself eye-to-eye in certain topics, you can talk about the food (laughs) kind of thing. So, there's that. I don't know. I just would find a kind of, like, a good area to just make a podcast, really. And probably that's what I want to do, I guess. So, eventually, when it's like, oh, I have, like... If I have like a group of people or something like that, and it's like, oh we have a table, we share a table. We'll probably have like a group podcast or something like that while we eat in the restaurant or something like that, that'd be nice. That's a nice idea. That's a nice idea to have. But yeah, they're all just fantasies, but to really make them come true, I obviously had to put in the actual work on it. And to actually put in the work on it, I gotta make sure that I don't have everything stuck in my head. Yeah. Like how I am right now, which is why I'm talking all this bunch of nonsense throughout this entire half hour. It's because I need these out of my head. I need them out of my head so that I can actually focus on the stuff I need to. So yeah, that's all I have in mind. And yeah, I actually want to do like a face cam eventually. So probably from season 3, I'm going to have like the face cam included into the podcast. So that for those that are watching the video version, you can see my face. When I say beautiful face, not really. Not really. I'm not I'm not that egotistical. But uh, yeah. There's that considered. But for now I guess just focus on the voice because there's technically a podcast. Yay. But yeah, that's pretty much most of the things I have in mind. Now I have almost nothing, I suppose. Alright. Phones. Phones, yeah. Yeah, there's one thing I want to talk about are phones. Yeah, because the point is that I feel like I haven't been simping enough in Sony enough, or maybe I sound too much of a fanboy, but it's like, I feel like people are sort of like having their own standards, and then there's Sony, you know. It's like, apparently, if if you're having an iPhone, that's the only time you're cool or something like that. It's like, I don't know. Brand loyalty, let's just say. I don't know, I just feel like that I'm also part of this, except it's to Sony rather than other good companies like Apple, Samsung, or other things like that. I don't know, because I feel like, in terms of like, technology that I use, I feel like Sony would resonate to my needs more often. Especially since they do have mirrorless cameras, uh, they're similar to DSLRs but except obviously they're more lightweight and unfortunately they do come with the climbers like usually they don't have like an optical display you know so that you can see it directly through your eyes. They don't have that. Sony usually doesn't have those usually but yeah. Also for the cheaper models though there's like proper models you know you do have like a small. Area where you can actually have a viewfinder, those are all right. You can actually use those viewfinders, you're know, fine, but obviously, when you go for like the budget ones, like the ZV-10 or the ZV-1, you won't have those, which is unfortunate because, yeah, I when I did plane spotting back like several like about a month ago actually, uh, it was a bit challenging to look at the LCD screen under the sunlight. I mean, sh- sure, there was the brightness option to set it under sunny day, so I did manage to still be able to see the screen, but it's obviously having a lot of difficulties on that, so there's that to consider. But yeah, Sony, for the technology it has, honestly, I'd find it pretty practical. So that was the cameras I was talking about. Now I don't want to talk about the phones. Because obviously, the phones, it's like. I don't know. I got used to the 21 9 ratio now. To the point where it's like, oh, okay, I actually am fine with using this sort of like long but slim sort of like form factor. And I quite like it actually. And. The way I see it is that, well, with Sony, they brought back the headphone jack, the 3.5 mm uh, headphone jack on the Mark II. Quite unfortunate because I had Mark One. I. <laughs> I bought this when the Mark I bought the Mark One, which doesn't have a headphone jack. Quite sad, but they brought it back. So at least when I do manage to upgrade, I get it back, which is nice. useful for gaming actually because well you'd have less delay and obviously you'd have a better quality to it i mean sure wireless wireless earphones are nice and all but it's always nice to have a failsafe to have it just in case you do somehow manage to run out of battery and well you aren't moving too much you know for example you're on like a bus and you're like on a long-haul journey you're just sitting back you want to relax but you don't want you know you just want to relax for a long time and not really drain too much battery so even if you want to use your wireless earbuds there's not really a need for it because you're just static then you could just use your wired earphones like that hooray you save yourself a bit of time now what I realized is that turns out Sony's headphone jack isn't the highest quality. Uh, that would go to LG, but unfortunately LG no longer produces phones, which is pretty sad. More competition really stifles more, you know, innovation and more, you know, competition that really forces others to really innovate more. Uh, and practically, you know, so that things actually work out. And I think that's pretty much it, honestly. And that's how I really became to like the phones, really. Sony, I suppose, if they do want to try and appeal to the mainstream, they could add an optional photography, you know, optional AI or optional computer, uh, computer... Compute, Computing, in terms of like processing, you know, the way they edit things, like how the Samsung, the iPhones kind of process their images. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe if Sony has an optional feature to add that, then yeah, I could see it going to the mainstream. But honestly, I don't mind it not being on the mainstream. I'd still buy it. I'd still buy it. It captivated me even onto the Xperia XZ days, and that was like back then when I was like borrowing my, using my mom's phone. That was also an Xperia, but that was like an even older model. I was playing like Asphalt 5 back then, so I'm not sure how long that is, but uh, the phone in particular that I had was an, had uh, Asphalt 5 in it. So, yeah, pretty old, I know. but. It's pretty nice, and honestly, I was really captivated by it to the point where it's like, oh, okay, this next phone that I was gonna buy has to be a Sony. And then I ended up buying the Sony Xperia XZ Dual. Dual. And well, that became my phone for several years, and then now the Sony Xperia 1 is my new phone. Now, obviously, I'd like to upgrade eventually, but. I probably want to wait it out. I mean, sure, the Sony Xperia One Mark III that's actually pretty nice for my needs because the telephoto is actually not too bad. That's actually the same uh, focal length as the uh, extra lens that I bought for my ZV10. But at the same time, I probably want to do a bit further in terms of my telephotos. So probably, yeah, that's fine. Probably, probably One Mark III would do pretty neatly there. So maybe I'll wait for a Mark IV. That would work, maybe. I'll probably wait for the Mark IV then. But yeah, that's the Pro I. Let's talk for about the Sony Xperia Pro I for several minutes. Now here's the thing: the Sony Xperia Pro I is very powerful. I mean, sure they have the sensor. That's basically straight out of the RX100 Mark 7 series Or literally the cameras, the RX100 VII But, you know, people are thinking or it's like, Oh, they have this one inch sensor I don't know about you, but just saying one inch sensor is kind of like wrong in a sense Like Sony marketed it as type 1.0 A 1.0 type sensor Because, let's be honest here this so-called one-inch sensor isn't even a one-inch sensor. That's just a marketing ploy. So honestly, Sony was did a good job in that aspect. But at the same time, it's like, Oh, the effective pixels. They only use 60% of effective pixels. 12 pixels out of the possible 20. Sony is lying. Uh, well, I mean, let's be honest here. If they... Did that if they managed to use all shiny pixels? I would honestly be, I would honestly, be, the community would be really shocked at that point because honestly, the problem here is that physics, you know, physics dictate that you wouldn't really be able to fit in that large of a size of a photo with the lens size that Sony Xperia Pro I has. So, if you're in it, inevitably. There would be some cropping issues in there, but you need to understand without that sensor, you won't be able to have the abilities like 4K 120 or 4K 60, you know, the high end specs that you can get from a from an rx 100 Mark 7 or from the alpha line of mirrorless cameras. You won't be able to have those advanced features without that sensor, you know. So cropped as it may be, it still makes sense, you know, because un- because otherwise, it actually, I would expect it to be around like 25, 2500 if that's the case, you know. you know Just like the uh, first Xperia Pro, but that one has a different purpose as of being, you know, as that is more of like a secondary camera slash streaming device than to the Pro-i, which is for it to become a proper secondary camera. So that's the way my approach on the Sony Xperia Pro-i, and yeah, would I be using it? My, my Xperia 1 actually still handles pretty well honestly, and yeah, I would like to wait until the Mark IV. Because honestly, as these keep developing, there will eventually be a point where it's like. The Sony phone would be basically both a camera and a phone and it would be a hell of a fun to actually use the phone, for me at least. That's the way I would use that phone, it's we, really, I don't know, Sony has basically captured my heart at this point. I don't know about you, but it captured mine, definitely. And to see it keep growing, I guess, I I would be very optimistic as to how Sony is going to develop in the long run. Because, obviously, they have a lot of departments on their belt. They have the pictures, so the Pictures, so, obviously, you know, they have, like, Spider-Man franchise. Or, you know, this kind of stuff you have there. They have the camera line. The Alpha series doing pretty well. Alpha 1 is one of the most, uh, most used mirrorless, I guess, most recent mirrorless cameras. And then you have the... Yeah, PlayStation, PlayStation 5, I think they're still low in supply on that, I don't know, I don't know, I never owned a console, and I don't know, I don't know about console market, console gaming, I guess it's nice, if you do have it, but yeah, we'll have to see about that, and obviously they have other stuff too, like financial services that they do only in Japan, wow, surprising, I know, and then like just several months ago, they also have a drone, uh, which was the air peak, where you can actually mount one of the Alpha cameras into it and it'll work pretty fine and you have two separate controls that you can do like one controls the flight of the drone one will be controlling the camera orientation that sort of thing so it's expensive though but from what I heard the drone itself is actually quite expensive so I don't know I don't know about that we'll have to see but yeah, as you can tell, I'm very ca- very captivated to uh, to, know, to Sony's technologies, honestly. And obviously, they also have TVs. That, that's a thing too. But I don't really use TV- I don't really use TVs. I don't really use TVs. So unfortunately, know. But yeah, see how many branches that Sony can take from each, from the, all their branches, and to like put it all together into a phone that's honestly something to really look forward to and I feel like the mainstream doesn't really appreciate it unless you know the functions of it you know you need to really give the Xperia the time it needs and for your willingness to actually learn the features of an Xperia to really to really appreciate it sure it won't show you the, the most you know quote-unquote best pictures out of the camera but those are phone cameras you know the direction that this uh, that the experience series are aiming for is to try to re- recreate a normal camera you know a camera that we use a dslr a mirror, mirrorless that you would use and honestly i'm fine with that you know some people would like some color grading on it too, so it's like they want to change those colors to tell a different story, you know, that kind of thing. And to do that, you'd want to preserve most of the details that you have as it is, you know, as natural as it is. So I guess that's kind of like one of the reasons why Sony is kind of like very good in that aspect. So honestly, sales don't matter too much as long as you're turning profit, honestly. So, yeah, I don't know about you, but that's how I see it. I mean, the only competition i see it losing to, I guess, is if the other companies actually catch up and be realize. Oh wait, what if we have these fun? Fi- what if we allow people to actually shoot raw files that have the raw data and actually shoot natural stuff? In that case, Sony's actually in a little bit of danger. But we'll see. We'll see how it is. But yeah, I'm. I oh, really. I'm being a Sony simp now. I don't know. I don't know about you, but it seems like that's the case. I feel like if they actually launch a laptop division, I feel like I'd still simp to it. I don't know. They used to have laptops too, it's like the Vivo series, but I never touched one of those, unfortunately. So I won't know how the experience is back then. But if they do manage to bring like one of those branches back then can't wait i can't wait to see what they have in store so yeah i can't believe i spent 15 minutes sipping for sony calm your balls me calm your balls i am not sponsored by sony by the way i am not i wish i would i wish i was but obviously i don't have power i don't have anything uh, i just i just enjoy sony products really that's why i'm saying it you know i'm not sponsored I wish I was, but yeah, this, Sony, dang. <laughs> okay, have I have I simped enough for Sony yet? I think I did, yeah, but yeah. I have other equipments in mind that I do want to get eventually over time because the direction I want my kind of like video projects to do and all that stuff, I would need a portable powerhouse I would need the lightest equipment, I would like to have light, durable, and powerful uh, equipment, you know, gear, uh, outfits, and all that, so that way I could basically be like, I could bring the least amount of weight, uh, with the least amount of space, but still have a lot of power jam-packed into it. You know, that kind of thing. I, will, I would like to have that kind of, like, setup. So that, that way, when I do manage to, like, travel around the world or something like that, I wouldn't have to worry about, like, performance kind of stuff. Because that way, I could just bring it all together, I suppose. Like, have everything in one backpack. I know I know it's not good to put your, all your eggs into one basket. But, well, if you're traveling solo, unfortunately, that's how it is, I guess. And to really ease up that experience of you, like traveling long distances and all that. I feel like light and powerful equipment would really bring you quite the distance. Just like Merino wool, yeah, that's one of those things that I'm also thinking of. I would like to give Merino wool Wool t-shirts or something to try. They do cost quite a bit, sure, but I feel like how well they sustain in terms of like keeping you warm. Uh, in cold climates or keeping you uh, keeping you cold you know, keeping you cool in hot climates. I feel like that's gonna be one of those investments that I'll be taking if I'm gonna start traveling. So, yeah there's that. So, a lot of research needed and yeah there's that to think of. But hey, that's just me. (laughs) Uh, Those are fantasies. Those are far away fantasies that I'll had to fantasize about until i can actually make that true yeah that's i guess one of the reasons why i do want to do photography also so to kind of like capture the moment really i don't know there's something there's something about like going around places or going around cities going around streets and just capturing the moment that really just captivates me it's like i find some sort of tranquility into it i guess it's like I become one with the environment, and just admire what people are just doing, you know. Just like back then, on the Shimshacher Promenade, it's like uh, I'm walking along the promenade, and people are just casually fishing or just hanging out and enjoying the stuff and that, you know, that kind of thing. So I'd like that. I like that to happen. You know? I like to see these kind of like daily life kind of things, and uh, yeah, such so just the way of my guess developing style I guess. So yeah, there's that to consider. But yeah, with that said, I do wanna talk about the uh, right to repair and basically smartphone developments in detail in a future episode. So there's that I suppose. But for today I think we can wrap it up, I guess. Because well it's about it's, it's fifteen minutes. It's already fifty minutes or something like that. And we're already here Well, I would like to not beat the dead horse and, you know, talk about why I want to travel around the world because I'm pretty sure the finale kind of told you why I want to. So, yeah, I would like to at least try to appreciate Hong Kong, except the politics, Uh, try to appreciate Hong Kong as much as I can before I just leave, either in a hurry or well prepared, whatever it is. I would like to at least give the soak in the scenery, soak in the environment and just try to bring those memories with me. So that way, even if Hong Kong goes to ruins, um, I'd still have those memories, you know, that kind of thing. I'm being too gloom here, but who am I to say? The world is gloomy? and I'm not exactly the person to scream positivity. There needs to be like a balance of positivity and negativity, but usually the negativity just outlasts the positivity by a lot, so it's quite unfortunate, you know, quite unfortunate the way things are, you know, where it's like we blow the negative things out of proportion. Sometimes they do have to, you know, sometimes it's like scandals where it's like, oh, you actually ruined someone's lives you actually ruin other people's lives out of it, then yeah, that's messed up, or some of your basic human rights are being taken away, then yeah, that's that should be an outcry. But, sometimes it's like, it also gives people the impression that, yeah, the world is too bad of a place, you know, uh, it's not worth being positive, and I feel like, yeah, we need to also find the time to try and appreciate what positivity we can salvage. I'm not trying to say that, oh, you should always smile. You should always, you know, always laugh at things, you know. That's just... Don't force it. Forcing things is just not how you should do it, you know. Even the fake it till till you make it kind of mentality, I feel like that too just starts to just drain you out. So, yeah. I don't even propose that. So, yeah. I think that's it for today. Done we're going to cut this down to like around 50 minutes or 45 minutes. We'll see how my editing goes. But yeah, that'll be it for today. If you guys enjoyed today's podcast, then be sure to leave a like if you're on the YouTube side of things. And if you're on the listening side of things, you can follow us on our podcast mediums. So we have Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, I think. Yeah, that's Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, and all the other places where we'd see us on the Anchor website. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's pretty much it. And uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, we'll keep next week's topic a secret until when it's uploaded. But yeah, with that said, I'm your Detective XP Player, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye!